Well, hello, everyone. My name is Matt Troop, and I serve as CEO of Conway Regional Health System. And we are continuing our um, uh, podcast, interviewing different clinicians, physicians, and others who are on our medical staff or are part of our uh, family who help to provide care in our community every day. Um, the intent of our podcast overall are just to give you a perspective into our organization, our culture, what we're about, um, and some of our, our story uh, here in Conway. And over the past several podcasts, uh, that's included uh, physicians from hospitalists uh, to family medicine residents to cardiologists and uh, all things in between. So, And today we have Dr. Gary Jones uh, in our uh, studio. Um, it's important. Gary, not Jerry Jones. So this yes. is not the billionaire owner of the Cowboys. <laughs> yes, that is correct. Oh, man. Uh, but Dr. Jones is a, a dentist and uh, serves in our interfaith clinic. I guess it used to be known as the interfaith clinic, but is a, a dental clinic that um, uh, we help support. Uh, we actually operate as a part of Conway Regional. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Jones has been a part of for how long now? I've been, so with the Interfaith Dental Clinic, yeah. I've been since 2017. Okay. And then you guys took us over in 2019. Okay. Yeah, towards the end of 2019. So a lot of folks may know it as the Interfaith Clinic. Um, it had uh, nurse practitioners. Uh, Dr. Jones was there. Mm -hmm. And um, in 2019, St. Vincent uh, decided that they could no longer support that clinic. So we came in uh, as a health system. Um, you'll find those nurse practitioners um, over at our Prince Street Clinic, and Dr. Johns, uh, Jones is still there. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's on Museum Road. Yes, it's okay. on Museum. Uh -huh. yep. And tell us a little bit about the about the clinic, um, hours that it's open and that kind of stuff. Yeah, so the Conway Regional Interfaith Dental Clinic, um, it's open from Monday through Thursday, 7.30 to 5. We are specifically designed, or it's a mission clinic, we are designed to see patients who do not have dental insurance or who have Medicaid uh, benefits. And that allows us to see patients who are underserved in the community. Yeah. We see a wide variety of patients anywhere from children, adults, older, elderly patients, and all from all different backgrounds. Um, one of the best things that I love is when you bring it, you know, bring someone in and they are just are afraid of the dentist. That's like a huge, a huge thing that we like to um, hone in on is, you know, the, you know, people come in, they're afraid, they've had bad, bad experiences in the past. Um, dental work's not fun. I mean, everyone mm -hmm. can relate to that. Like in some sense, of course, you know, your average Joe is going to go to the hygienist and say, I love getting my teeth worked on, but it's right. the cleaning, right? Yeah. And so then you come to see me and that's when we have to, you know, ease in everything and say, hey, we can actually do work and get done and restore things for you. That's not so painful, you know? Yeah. And that's been a blessing. Um, I've had the great, the best opportunity there to see these people who are underserved, who don't have dental insurance and could honestly not get this work done any other way. Yeah. Um, there's certainly projects and there's, um, places out there that, you know, can serve it temporarily, but to have like an actual dental home that we provide for these patients is something that's truly remarkable and something that I think, you know, Conway Regional deserves praise for and that we do and, you know, that we, you know, keep this clinic up and running and alive and that way can we can serve not only Faulkner County and Conway, but we've served all over Arkansas. Yeah. And just the, um, the amount of outreach that we have when I've looked over back over data that we've, um, from patients that we've seen, 
it's phenomenal. Like you, you know, we see the outreach all the way up in Northwest Arkansas, bordering states of Oklahoma, Missouri. I mean, it's everywhere. I've had a patient who moved, came back over the winter holidays and said, Hey, I need to have work done. I can't afford it where I live now. And I said, great. If we have openings, we'll squeeze you in, get you done and, you know, fix yeah. it up. So, so just to take one step backwards here. Mm-hmm. So, um, you've been there since 17 where yes. have you always been in, um, I don't know how to describe it. Missional dentist dental work or yeah, did so, you convert from private practice or how did this, how did this happen? Right. So I actually graduated from dental school in 2017 Okay. and crazy story. So we're going back to, you know, getting out of dental school. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. Right. And everything. And, and, and where are you from, by the way? I'm from hot springs, Arkansas. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And where'd so, you go to dental school? I went to dental school at UT, HSC. Okay. Yep. Yep. Go Vols, but actually go Hogs. Like we're, we've retired them now. So right, I got you. I <laughs> yeah. got you. So I went to, yeah, I'm from, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll back up. We'll go. I was born and raised Hot Springs, Arkansas. Um, went to Lakeside school there my entire life. And then I actually did my undergrad at UALR in Little mm-hmm. Rock. I went to the Donnie Scholars Program there. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the greatest things, and I would say to anyone doing studies, undergrad, anything would be to um, study abroad if they can. Mm-hmm. One of the most one of the most like fulfilling um, educational experiences that I ever had was we did a summer program in July of one year over there in Spain. Wow. And I mean, just the amount, the immersion that you get over there, the culture you find, the foods you eat, you know, the conversations you have, the life lessons you learn from being on your own. You know, you come, you come from Arkansas, you know, and it's, you know, Little Rock's the biggest city we have over to go to Madrid, which is, you know, 4 million people right. and counting. And it's just, it was wild. Um, it was such a great eye-opening experience for me. I learned so much. I grew, matured. You know, I started, I remember one weekend I was at home with my host mom there watching the telenovelas and able to understand them and everything. And oh, wow. now the language I'm able to get through, but not as well as I have once been. Sure. Um, there's only so much, you know, capacity in this <laughs> noggin and then things get brushed out. But uh-huh. I, I would have to say that was one of the incredible experience in my undergrad studies. And then um, I went from there, I went to uh, UT uh, over in Memphis uh-huh. and uh, did my four years of training over there at uh, the dental school. We have, um, you know, we have a, cl- there's a clinic over there that is phenomenal. It's, I mean, it, we, that my class was of a hundred, I think they're only growing over there. And mm-hmm. um, it was pretty great. We have like small groups and we're, um, you know, we, we work, we see patients and it's very one-on-one and um, it was a great program that we went to. And um, from mm-hmm. there, I was trying to, you know, you, you get out, you're looking for jobs and everything. And um, actually my mother works for St. Vincent at the oh. cancer clinic down in Hot Springs. And she okay. said, Hey, they're looking for a dentist in Conway at this interfaith dental clinic. And I said, Oh, great. And so I interviewed there and um, yeah, I just loved it. I fell in love with the place. I, I was, my heart kind of goes out towards that work anyways. Yeah. Um, what got me into dentistry was I was in, I was at UALR and I was pre-med at the time. It was like my freshman year and I'm, we're sitting in on those health classes and they always have, you know, the, the companies come in, whether it be pharmacy, dental, um, you name it, come in. Mm-hmm. And, um, I remember I was, um, doing some shadowing at, um, UAMS there. And then I, there was a clinic, it's called Harmony Health Clinic, and they're still mm-hmm. running. And I would, I went up there one Friday, and um, the rest of history, I was like, man, this is what I want to do. This is great. Wow. Just yeah. seeing just seeing the, I love the artistic aspect involved in industry, and mm-hmm. I love the fact that you can take someone's, 
you know, something and just turning into a positive, yeah. turning into something that someone can come walk away and say, Hey, this feels better. Hey, this is, you know, this will change my life. Like I can smile now. I can, you know, not only can we reduce pain, we can, you know, we can make things look better and feel better. And, um, it's just been very rewarding. And I just, and I have a special heart for, um, people who yeah. are underserved and don't have the insurance and have, doesn't have means otherwise. And we yeah. just want to make that happen. So you felt, you felt drawn to, to serve. I mean, obviously um, I use the term serve in my role. Yeah. Um, I think we all serve particularly in healthcare. Um, you, you can never make enough money uh, right. <laughs> and generate enough patient visits and other things to make it uh, feel like a job. It's all about service, but really in your role, it's, it's, it's both, right? You're there, you're, you're taking care of people, making a dramatic impact on their life and people that don't have other choices, right? I mean, they can't, can't yeah. exactly just, you know, walk down the street and go to another dentist who may right. so, charge them, you know. Yeah. When I have patients come in, it's, Hey, I have no money. I have, you know, I have limited amount of funds. I'm, you know, I'm hurting. What can I do? Yeah. And that's where we come in and bring them in, show them what, what we can do, what we can provide for them. Obviously, um, one of the big things is that I strive, especially lately, is to see any, you know, if emergency calls in, we want to see them that day. I said, hey, bring them in. I'll work them in. Is where, you know, where can we get them? If not today, tomorrow. Um, because one of the things I think is really important that I've, you know, that a dental clinic can provide for the hospital is it reduces the amount of ER visits they have for dental visits. Because mm -hmm. when the when a person goes into the ER. They're going to say, oh, well, you need to see a dentist. Well, we can eliminate the whole ER visit by just sending them my way. And yeah. then, and it, I mean, I looked up, I was looking up statistics and from 2000, 2010, it's like those rates doubled. And that's where, that's where they use their, their dental, like their dental care was, Hey, let's go to the ER. I've got an abscess. Yeah. And that's where, you know, we can come into play and say, Hey, you know, let's divert those patients to where they can actually get the care and get seen that day in the appropriate setting in and the appropriate setting yeah. and in the appropriate, you know, care because a doc, you know, ER doc's not going to pull a tooth. They don't know how to do, you know, some of the things that we know how to do, obviously we're especially trained for. Yeah. And usually it's, Hey, here's some antibiotics and go see your dentist. Well, a lot of times that connection misses with those patients because you know they'll they'll get the antibiotics start feeling better and then they'll you know unfortunately not go and see me or whoever their dentist yeah. is um and by them coming directly to there they can call in and see us that way we get them treated that day possibly hopefully we can you know remove the problem put up on antibiotics and then have them you know treat them and then they'll start feeling better and then come back and then they can get you know the comprehensive exam and let's get your cleaning in let's do that so it's a great opener door yeah. opener for a patient to say Oh, you know, not all dentists are bad. Not all dentists are scary. Like when yeah. you see in the movies and all those things yeah. that you hear and, you know, before, um, that's a, you know, scary thing that people yeah. see. They're like, Oh God, the dentist. And it's You're like, right. and that's when, you know, I, I come in and I'm like, you know, um, we're going to treat you with patience, understanding. If anything hurts, let me know. And it's a lot of empathy. I joke with my staff and say, you know, I'm a dentist, but I'm also a therapist. I'm also a psychologist <laughs> because for some reason, uh -huh. when you get in that chair, everything, you know, start to lean back and everything, all your problems start to unfold and let, you know, right. and let us know. And uh -huh. I'm, I like that part. I like, you know, talking to patients and everyone comes from a different background and there's a lot of, you know, you just got to take the time. And I think that's the one thing that gets looked over these days yeah. in dentistry is, um, unfortunately in corporate, in the corporate world, it's a lot of hurting like cattle and they want to just shove them in, bring them out, shove them in, bring them out. And that's when I think the disconnect happens and people don't feel like they're getting treated appropriately. Things get missed. Yeah. You don't hear the biggest thing I've learned which I'm sure any doc can tell you is listen to your patient because they are going to tell you what is wrong. A lot of times you're like, Oh, I know it's this. I know it's that. But it's like, 
they're like, oh no, doc, like it's right right here. And then when you when you address that and when you take the time to listen to someone and address that concern, even if it's not what they're in for the day, but you know, it's something that they're it's on their mind, they're gonna go leaving say, Hey, he fixed this, like, you know, wow, that's awesome. And I yeah. think just taking that a little extra time and listening to your patient is a tenfold value. It just, yeah. yeah it's, Do you I assume, and I'm having this picture in my mind hearing you talk, that a lot of times it's not just the um, adult that you're seeing. It's probably their whole family, right? Oh, yeah. An extended family. Mm-hmm. So how, how young do you treat? Do you yeah, do so, kids? Yes, we do. We do kids over there. We try to do them um, over about like eight nine, but it just depends. I mean, if I have a kid that comes in that needs work, obviously we're not going to turn him away, you know, if we, you know, um, but, um, we usually like to about eight or nine is where we start really. Um, I'll see them when they're younger. And if it's a special case, of course, we'll, you know, we'll see them or, uh, point them in the right direction. That's another thing is a lot of people don't know where they can get this work done, whether it be, you know, Arkansas children's hospital, unfortunately, they've just recently, um, stop doing this, but that was a great place that dentists were sending, um, patients who with special needs that, you know, weren't able to, oh, under yeah. the, you know, they needed a better setting to, um, get their work treated. And huh. so, yeah, it's, it's one of those things is they don't know, they don't, they don't know where to go. And that's one place that, you know, one thing that we can do is if, you know, we can't fix it, we're going to help you figure out where you can get that um, work done. Get connected. Get connected. Yes. So uh, tell me about maybe just a, a typical, um, new patient that um that you know you've not seen before you don't have a relationship with the the typical patient that walks in but what's their story yeah so usually um i would say with our patients um they come in they don't have dental insurance obviously that's one of the criteria for our clinic usually it's um lately it's been they've been unemployed they can't find a job um i know everyone's you know knows with the economy going on right now with covid with everything i mean you see that translate and transpire through your patients and it's a lot of I've I've seen um, in betweens. You know, I'm looking for a job. I don't have dental insurance. Um, I've got people who are on disability who um, don't have dental insurance, or they'll say, you know, hey, I I make this much money in Social Security, but I don't, you know, I can't make enough to get dental insurance, and I don't make enough to go down to the dentist who, you know, whose prices are just too high. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's a lot of it. Um, you know, they come in, fill out the dreaded paperwork that they all have to fill out. Uh-huh. And they'll, you know, we take the full mouth exam x-rays, the big pan image that, you know, swipes around the teeth, bite wings if we need them. Um, and then we just, you know, we talk, we say like, you know, what's your problem? Like what, what, uh, why did you come in today? What are your, what are your main concerns? And we kind of just go over that. Um, everyone's different. You know, some people are very nitpicky and you know, I hate this. I hate this. I hate that. And, yeah. or you'll have someone who just says, you know, like, I don't know, doc, just tell me what needs to be done, you know? Yeah. And so we have a lot of that, um, come in and it's just, it's, it's fun just to get to see, you know, what I'm like, well, we can do this for you. We can do, you know, we can, um, you know, close that gap. We can, you know, there's, oh, this tooth shipped off. It's broken. It's causing you pain. We can fix that. We can cover it, you know. So I'm, I'm imagining, are they coming into you with, with a prior dental history? I mean, do, do they come into you maybe never having seen a dentist before? Um, we have both, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's some people that have like, it's been 20 years since I've seen the dentist. Wow. That's, yeah, a lot of it is neglect of, you know, haven't been to the dentist in 5, 10, 15 years. Um, some of them overlapped. You can tell, I can, you know, you can tell on some, I'm like, oh, you've had braces before. There's just telltale signs of either... Yeah. Um, teeth that have been missing that is intentional for space purposes or um, sometimes I can see from the radiographs like root resorption seems like that yeah. but um, 
Yeah, and so sometimes I can tell, I can tell you, oh, have you been to the dentist before? Sometimes I can tell, oh, you haven't been to the dentist before. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where we just try to bring them all in. And when they come in, know, hey, we're starting fresh, though. Like, just so you know, like, this is an open, you know, we're an open book here. You know, no judgment zone, judgment free, because that's the biggest thing is the hoops and hurdles of getting over that is being vulnerable enough to come into the office and, you know, I mean, the mouth is a very, you know, it's a very intimate spot where it's like people are very shy. I mean, COVID has helped in a little sense. A silver lining is there's masks. And so, you know, people are like, right. well, I can hide my teeth. But yeah. Um, but then again, pain sets in. And I've heard from, you know, majority of patients that tooth pain is one of the worst pains ever experienced in their life. And yeah. that's up there with um, laboring, yeah. you know, labor and delivery. So yeah, it's wild to me. Well, and uh, we may have talked about this before in a prior visit, but um, you know, when, when they're, when they're self-conscious about their teeth, mm-hmm. they're not smiling as much. They're trying to go out and get a job somewhere. And when you don't smile in a job interview, you don't connect to people as easily. Right. So in many senses, it can become this, this spiral, right? Yes. I'm self-conscious about my teeth. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see the dentist because I've had a bad experience or maybe I can't afford it. And so it gets, it, it gets worse and worse and it gets right. harder for them to dig out of that. Uh, I, I can very see very much well easily see that scenario playing out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you mentioned pain. What are, which kind of draws me to the, the larger health question, right? So I, I've always heard and was going to try to pull this up on my, on my iPad here prior to our meeting, but uh, ran out of time. But um, I've always heard that there are reasons to take care of your mouth other than image, right? And oh, yeah. just in pain. But what are some of the other health benefits of getting seen by a dentist on a regular basis? Right. So um, with, you know, the mouth is a harbor of bacteria, um, it just happens. We eat, bacteria accumulates. It's always going to be there no matter how many times you brush and floss. That bacteria, um, you know, if kept unchecked, can develop into gum disease over time, which can um, relate to things like, you know, for diabetic patients, for uh, patients with heart problems. Those things can transpire and those things can get out of control exponentially. A di- an uncontrolled diabetic patient, you can see right away. Um, they're going to have bone loss They're you know, because of the blood sugar levels are high, higher. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to have bacteria that's going to propagate around there more hmm. eating away. Yeah. Eating away at that, um, those bone, those bone levels. And, um, with cardiac patients, you know, that blood can travel through the bloodstream and cause a cardiac event. It can cause, you know, lead to heart disease and things like that. So it's very important to keep in check with that because the oral health transpires into overall health um, in that sense and left unchecked can lead to absorbent amount of problems. Um, You know, you're going to get loose teeth. You won't be able to chew. You won't be able to eat. That's going to leave your, you know, your diabetic patient even more uncontrolled uh, than they already are. And then, and, you know, someone who has cardiac problems can, you know, can be more at risk for developing um, heart failure and things like that and, and infections um, through yeah. the mouth. So it's all connected, man. It's, yeah, yeah. it's a one big, <laughs> one big um, connection with the body. So it's definitely something, you know, there's a great, you know, we can bring the aesthetics to light of it too. But yes, there's a very huge health component. I think that's why it fits so great with the hospital because there's just so much involved and it's just, you know, it's one of those things where we're getting continuity of care and what we, you know, what the hospital strives for is comprehensive care. Yeah. And, um, dentistry is just another notch of that care. You know, when you're going to your, you know, PCP, whether you're going to, you know, um, your other doctors, your cardio, your cardiologist, your, you know, other docs in there. And I just think it's a great, um, facet of the whole, you know, whole health 
system. Yeah. You, you mentioned continuity and we have a continuity clinic for those that don't know. It is where our residents, um, train, uh, mm-hmm. under the, the tutelage of an attending. So there is a physician who's, you know, duly board certified, who's supervising and guiding and directing, but that continuity clinic serves a lot of your patients. Yes. Um, uh-huh. I mean, ultimately there is, uh, some connectivity there so that, um, our, our goal, um, and now that we've got COVID behind us and can, can think a little more longer term, yeah. um, is to have, uh, the Conway regional interfaith clinic and the continuity clinic in, in the same space. So that as you're seeing, uh, mom for, for her dental checkup, she can bring her son or daughter there, uh, her husband, other family members over to see the continuity clinic. And yeah. so that there is some connectivity between those two environments because, um, I, I totally agree. And everything I read, know tells me that, that, that what goes on in the mouth and what goes on in the body are, are related. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oftentimes it's the dental health we tend to put off. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. Yeah. There's you know. a bunch of, bunch of neglect there. And I think COVID has only made it worse because, you know, at the time when, um, when, you know, early on in COVID in 2020, there we go back there. Uh, yeah. that was, you know, when, um, we didn't know, we didn't know anything about the virus. And one of the biggest things was dentistry was, Hey, you guys have aerosolizing procedures. You're going to spread this like wildfire. So they yeah. shut everyone down, Arkansas statewide. I mean, nationwide, really. But yeah. um, Arkansas came in and said, hey. And so for a time there, we were just down to emergency procedures. It was so weird. It was like a, it just felt like a ghost town. I mean, driving yeah. out in that time was just so eerie and so surreal. And looking back on it, and then, um, you know, we were like that for a month or two and then got back going. Um, but I think a lot of people put off dental work and neglected that during COVID. And I mean, like the mask, people are coming back around now and I think it's, you know, people are getting in there, but I was looking on there and they said, they, they showed like the sharp decline in 2020. And they said, well, this is because Arkansas actually, you know, prevented people from even getting treatment during then. And that's why there was such a sharp decline in seeing it. But it was just a wild time in our life where we just had to switch the gears and, you know, sit on our hands for a second. And then we got to get back out there and, you know, help, help others as we could. And imagine when they did start to come back, they're coming back in a worse state of of disease potentially and, and, uh, higher acuity. You know, you see that in other specialties like cardiology and oncology and, Mm. um, that that's a, that's a price of COVID that I don't think a lot of us really take a lot of time to think about, but it's certainly there. Uh, Yeah. Certainly see it. For sure. Um, where do you get patients? Um, yeah. It, it, do we, I don't know that we advertise the clinic much. Maybe yeah. we do, and I don't know. Is it so mostly word of mouth? It's word of mouth. I would say word of mouth. It, it spreads like wildfire in the community, yeah. especially when you get into different pockets. Um, I see a large Hispanic population who, um, you know, we try as best as we can to um, translate. I can stumble through a little bit. We've got the uh-huh. iPads out there if we need them. Um, and it just, you know, it spreads once you, once you establish a trust and a connection, you really start to see those patients start to come in and, um, I, you know, word of mouth, we do advertise some, I would say, you know, we can always like spread the word more. Um, wow. and that's with anything. And, um, only get referrals. There's a lot of interconnection in the community. We work, we work relentlessly with the community with, with different organizations. Um, one of the ones we just partnered with this year is Coho. Um, the City of Hope Outreach Program, oh, yeah, yeah, which is a great program that um, targets the homeless population and people who don't have don't have work, and they've actually partnered with Delta Dental with grants. Mm-hmm. Um, I met with we did we did a trial run in February. It did went great. Um, we had a little you know because of the winter storms and COVID, of course, that kind of like 
um, rocked yeah. us a little bit, but we got through it just fine. And then we're going to start it up again um, in this month in August um, where they're going to schedule patients. And they actually, they do, the, they bring the patients in, provide the transportation. They're going to provide the exam and the x-rays and the cleaning, or if they need, I, I've kind of worked it with them. I was like, well, if they, you know, if they're in pain and, you know, they need an extraction, obviously we want to prioritize their treatment. They said, you know, that's fine. They're going to work mm-hmm. with us. And that's, an, you know, another out, another um, area where we're getting patients. And then we, we uh, work with Beth, like Bethlehem House. Um, we've worked with, um, um, what's the name? Uh, I'm just running a blank right now. It's the um, um, Project Homeless Connect, CAPCA. Okay. Yes, okay. and we CAPCA. work with them. Yeah, we've done that every year. Of course, unfortunately, with COVID, we usually like to go out there. Like last summer, we were out there in the tents, and we had the Carmel Regional Tents and everything set up, and uh-huh. um, we were, you know, um, signing patients up to get free visits because they they were like, hey, we'll provide funds for them to come in to their initial visit and everything like that. So we were out there, um, you know, marketing. And then um, we were also, this year we we're trying to, but it was, again, with COVID, we had to postpone the um, the live, you know, when we were out there, we just, yeah. we would send, we would send resources to them, whether it be, you know, toothbrush, toothpaste, kind of like you get when you're getting cleaning. And um, we provide those and floss yeah. and things like that. Um, so if, if I'm um, out in the community, I'm listening to this, or maybe I'm someone who knows somebody who is struggling between jobs, like you mentioned before, mm-hmm. doesn't have dental coverage, um, what, what's the process? Because when they come in, they've, they've got to fill out mounds of paperwork, and that's yeah. just part of what we do as hospitals. Right. But in addition to that normal stuff, is there is there a screening that they have to complete to know, okay, I may be responsible for you know, $0 or $100 or somewhere along that scale? Yeah. So when they, you know, the first criteria is obviously if you have dental insurance or not. Yeah. Um, and when they call in, um, our office coordinator will, you know, kind of do the screening and ask them the questions to see if they qualify for the clinic. There's a sliding scale. That was the word I was looking for before. Yeah, sliding okay. scale. And, you know, sliding scale is what's appropriate, but uh, we, we found it best that we just have a fixed flat fee for everyone mm-hmm. because trying to provide proof of income is very challenging right. with our patients. But, um, what we do is, you know, the biggest, the biggest criteria is do not, if you don't have dental insurance and you qualify, or if you have a state funded insurance like Medicaid, Delta Dental Smiles or MCNA or all care, all well, things like that. Um, and they come in, if you know, we go over, um, the fees and everything with them at their first initial appointment. So there's no surprises, you know, mm. and we set everything extremely low. Everything is like at a, you know, very affordable yeah. price. Um, very fair. It's nothing, you know, it's just to keep the clinic running. Obviously we're trying to offset costs. It's nothing to make money off of by any means. Um, and we kind of go over those, um, patients, you know, what they're responsible for that initial treatment is like a treatment planning, getting to know me, getting to know the patient, doing the treatment plan, doing a whole, you know, comprehensive, um, comprehensive treatment where we, you know, we say this is what we can do. We do this in stages. This is what you need the most, you know, and we can work, you know, and get to that. And we're pretty much pay as you go cash or check or not, not checks, sorry, cash or card. Uh, Uh Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, it's pretty straightforward. We try to make it as easy as possible. There's other out, you know, there's patients still that will struggle and we have other means that we can, you know, there's um, programs that can help with them. Like I said earlier, like the Bethlehem house or CAPCA, mm-hmm. some of those um, uh, there's, you know, mission, cl- there's missions out there that will help provide some funds for, for patients. 
and we can steer them in that direction. Conway Regional has, um, you know, some financial aid assistance that, mm-hmm. you know, that they can fill out and do. So there's, there's methods, there's ways of, you know, getting, um, you know, the materials that they need that we point them in the right direction for. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Now I don't know the dental business per se. I should feel like I should use air quotes here, <laughs> but, um, you know, I would imagine in any average dental practice, there's a certain a number of new patients that come in and then there's follow up. And mm-hmm. um, I imagine a, a good indicator of quality are those follow up visits. Do you find that once people get connected to you that they tend to tend to stay? Oh, yeah. Um, and by by going that they're more likely to keep up with that dental care. I am pretty religious about, you know, every six months I, I go, uh, to the dentist and I always yeah. go to the same dentist. Uh, uh, and he's like, for, are you flossy? Yeah, and you're like, Oh, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. No. <laughs> of <laughs> course. I'm, of course I am. Which I don't regularly, yeah. but anyway, except when I eat popcorn and then it becomes <laughs> oh, a necessity. Yeah. That's yeah, for sure. But, um, but yeah. So, so talk to me about that. Is that, is that an indicator for quality for, for you? And do you find that people do come back more often? Um, which, you know, obviously has a long lasting effect. Oh yeah. So, um, we, do we have return patients all the time like i was saying earlier they'll come in for an emergency and we do have patients that come in for an emergency basis and then you know won't come back until they have another emergency but we have a lot of patients who come in for their first time either being that new patient exam and they return and get the work done and carry it out or an emergency that comes in like i had a patient today and i said hey you want to come back for a new patient exam after you know start feeling better we're going to get you on these antibiotics and um you know shooting the tooth out and she said, of course, like, this was great, you know, like, yeah. sign me up. And um, so we we have a lot of positive feedback from our patients, and they come back. And I just, I try to make the environment, you know, as easy as possible. Of course, when you go to the doctor or the dentist, it's not going to be, you know, the easiest experience. But if you can take the time to make that experience easier for the patient, it, it just makes that much more help for them yeah. and ease them into it. Because you know, like I said, this, you know, this clinic is set for patients who don't go the, don't go to the dentist very often, don't go to the doctor very often. And they are, they come in with fears and they get nervous and, you know, and you have to respect that and you have to, you know, know what you're dealing with and have some kind of empathy. And it's, it takes a lot to figure out, you know, what, a, you know, when a person's feeling pain and, um, to feel, you know, I can, like I've gotten to the point now where I can like see that in someone like, I'm like, Oh, you're feeling that let's, you know, let's get that tooth a little bit more numb for you with, you know, without Mm -hmm. them having to say something. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's just one of those things that just body language you can read. And that's just one of the things that comes with practicing over time. You just start, you know, you get acclimated to reading that body language and understanding it. I think, you know, there's days that you just want to, Oh, like get through the day, but also like, you just got to remember at the end of the day, like, you know, take that time to read that language and to, you know, respond appropriate to that language. And I think that goes, that just speaks miles for, you know, trying to make that patient comfortable. Yeah. And it's got to make you feel good about your, your calling to know that you're having a real impact on people's lives oh, and yeah, people who, um, absent you wouldn't have access to, to that dental care. And like we said before, have so many other lifelong health impacts, mm-hmm. uh, self image. I mean, it impacts so many uh, aspects of people's lives. As you reflect back, and I should have asked you this question beforehand, so hopefully it doesn't catch you too far off guard, but um, on a kind of a prototypical patient, if you were if you were to, um, uh, let's say, go to someone in the community and say, and ask for their support, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's a financial support to support uh, the, the operation of the clinic, because as Dr. Jones said, 
Uh, no, we do not make money yeah. <laughs> at, this, at this clinic. That was never the intent. Right. But if, but if you were to go to somebody and say, this is the kind of patient that um, I want the community to know about because they're exactly the, the reason we exist and the kind of impact that we can have uh, in lives, is there, is there well, obviously without giving me a name, but a, but yeah. a experience that you would point to and, and tell me that story. Oh my gosh. There's so, there's so many over the years, but, yeah. um, the ones that I, you know, in general, the ones that we can restore that bring in and just have a, you know, lack of a better term, a train wreck in the, you know, in there and they're saying, Hey, like I need, you know, I just got to get this together and we can go in there and remove all the bad and then restore and, you know, with Medicaid, we can um, bill out for dentures and to be able to do with those patients and to see them from, you know, that time when they started that and then to, you know, the healing process and to restore that smile, to give them back that smile. And I love that, that when you go back in there on that final date, that delivery date and you say, here you are, here's your dentures. And it's, I mean, I'm not dentures are a learning process and it's not like a, it's not just an easy, Hey, we're done. But that, that moment when they get to see in the mirror and smile and get that, that, you know, I have teeth again and I can chew and like that kind of, you know, that moment right there is like, this is why, this is why we do what we do. You know? Um, I've had, there was like a month ago, two months ago, um, I got to restore, like do a bridge work for like front teeth Mm -hmm. and restore someone's smile who's missing a tooth there for years. And he was like, you just don't know how, you know, how much this has helped me with my confidence. He, um, he just said, this was, you know, I'm trying not to like get too much details with him, but he just like, he's like, this was, you know, this just helps me with every day, you know, my work and I can, I can smile again. I don't have a missing tooth there. I can, you know, I can be confident with what I'm doing and to instill confidence like that into the community and to provide the care that we can, you know, over, you know, just provide this kind of care to these patients is just, it's just awesome. Like it's just an amazing thing that we can do. And I just, I always say I'm blessed with this opportunity and this privilege to, you know, take on something like this, like such a great, you know, such a great clinic that has just a, you know, great mission behind it. And yeah, it just, I will say like, this is one thing, you know, back, um, props and kudos to you is that with Conway regional, the mission is transparent and it goes and it just aligns with everything that we do. And I think I just, you know, want to applaud you for how open you are with us and how transparent you are and that we, you know, just like on this podcast right here, we can talk to you and, you know, we have one-on-ones and I, you know, just, just coming from, you know, another hospital background and coming to here, I'm still early on in my career, obviously, but it's just, it's amazing. It's great. Like it's, you know, truly like when they say best places to work, it really is. (laughs) It's a great, you know, it's a great place where we can. Um, you know, I just feel like there's a sense of community and I like yeah. that because I, you know, I, there's times in the past where I didn't feel like that. And so it was great coming on and, you know, you guys welcoming us and yeah, just providing the support that you do. Well, I really appreciate your say- saying that. And, um, uh, any, any hospital, uh, in the country, whether they're for profit or not for profit mm-hmm. provide and would argue that they provide a lot of free services or charitable services to the community, but often that, that comes through the ER, right? Mm-hmm. That comes yeah. through somebody who's had a horrible event. They don't have uh, insurance. Uh, maybe they've made, made bad choices, any number of reasons. And, and we have to do that. Um, you know, your clinic is one of the few areas where we're that, and I would say the continuity clinic, or where we're, we're actively going out into the community and trying to improve health yeah. and to a population that is, that is vulnerable, that needs it. 
Um, and you know, it, it, it's, it's just a, a cool part of our story. I think that, um, that you're right. We're not just there to take care of the, the infirmed and uninsured, uh, when yeah. an emergency strikes, but that we're there to try to hopefully prevent them and promote good health, yeah. um, in new, long way. new in ways. I, mm-hmm. I think so. I think so as well. I, I'll ask you another question. We were actually talking about this uh, before you arrived and, um, I have no idea if you've got an answer, but why is dental insurance funded the way that it is separate from health insurance yeah i've never really thought of this question before but do you man i wish we could figure that out together because dental insurance right now is a mess i will say um Mm -hmm. i think that it is it's it's a mess from a complexity standpoint it's i think it's a mess from from a standpoint of not being able to provide the patient with what they need all the Mm -hmm. time i think it's just it's you know, there's a gap, obviously. Um, I think I was going back to statistics. There uh-huh. was, a, I think it said 54% of Arkansans were um, insured. So that leaves like a whopping 46% that are uninsured. And there's just a huge gap of uh, gap coverage where there's like, well, you know, these, you know, you don't qualify for Medicaid and you don't have anyone who's offering the dental insurance. And so they're just in this, you know, lumbo area and i don't know i don't i couldn't i don't know why it's such a it's such a crazy complexity to me and it's always just to me it seems like it's it's one of those areas that needs to be looked upon and incorporated more and Mm -hmm. really you know enhanced and strengthened because i just feel like a lot of times there's you know there's a there's a cap there's a limit of how much it provides a lot of uh policies for private and you know practice insurances it caps out at a thousand fifteen hundred dollars um, and a lot, sometimes that's not, you know, it's not enough, especially with prices increasing. I mean, dental, mm-hmm. dental, um, you know, outside of my clinic, dental, dental ex- work is expensive. It is very expensive. Yeah. It, you know, it gets up in there and, you know, like crowns are $1,500 root canals are $2,000 and, you know, and you know, they, they like to, Oh, well you can apply for the, you know, the words like care credit and things, but yeah. a lot of people like, even, you know, when they come, they come to you, they shouldn't be applying for care credit because it's just going to trap them into a continuous debt cycle. Yeah. And I think it's just one of those things that, you know, med- you know, health and in- healthcare, health insurance is also medical uh, insurance is kind of rocky anyways right now. And dental insurance is right there. I don't know why it's separate. I think, you know, it'd be great to have an umbrella at all into one and we could get great, you know, uh, national coverage but yeah it's just been kind of rocky you know all their past i'll have to go back and look at that if you think about the the investment if you look at it purely from an investment standpoint right Mm -hmm. i mean um and it would be interesting to do some sort of uh blinded study randomized controlled trial here of patients that you've taken care of Mm -hmm. and then be able to go back and look at their healthcare utilization and is it more or less than a similar socioeconomic profile. In other words, can we can we prove that by having access to dental care, just not only addressing their, their primary issue, but their regular checkups and mm-hmm. um, staying in good dental health reduces considerably their overall healthcare spend? I mean, I, I would think that would be a pretty much a slam dunk. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> definitely. Cause we can, we see things all the time in the clinic, you know, we're checking blood pressures all the time and we're like, Hey, your blood pressure is high. And they're like, Oh yeah, it's like the, I'm like, well, no, it's, it, that's not okay. Like we gotta, right. you know, we need to follow up with our PCP on that and get you on the right um, appropriate medications. And we've, we've, um, you know, addressed a lot of unchecked hypertension. That's one of the, I think that's the biggest thing that a dental clinic can do is they can, you know, on those initial exams, 
um, you know, I'm going over all their medicines and, you know, what their A1C is or things like that. So we, you know, we, we get into, um, you know, uh, if a patient who has diabetes or if a patient has hypertension, those things can be addressed and checked at the dental clinic. Not only, you know, we're doing teeth, but we can address those health issues and that can be another stop for, Hey, you know, something's wrong. Let's go back to the PCP and figure this out. Um, so it's, it just works great. It, you know, we, we find things too that, you know, or they'll come, you know, they'll come to us and, trying to think the one a lot of times in the winter time you'll notice this if your your uh top teeth will get sensitive and people mm-hmm. are like oh doc i need a root canal what's going on with this teeth and it's actually their sinuses they're oh what yeah can happen is your your sinuses can flare up and the lining is so close to the your roots of your teeth there that they become sensitive i've had that happen yeah yes yeah, yeah my my mother uh last last winter was like is going on i said it's fine it sounds like your sinuses we'll yeah. open pray but it, yeah. it was it just turned out to be your sinuses she got on some antibiotics and was doing great and um yeah um but yeah there's just a lot of things that we can check you know in the dental office that's not even tooth related like we were just saying yeah well i mean in uh, most folks i would think uh, particularly those in in lower socioeconomic classes um don't think about going to see a doctor until they have a health issue they probably right. don't get regular checkups although you know, in your field, it's, and I assume you would recommend the same, it's every six months, oh, you yeah. know, you come mm-hmm. get a cleaning. So there's a, an assessment and a check-in. And if I know that that access is easy, I'm getting some medical care as part of that visit, right? right. I mean, you're asking about how I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're checking my blood pressure. You're asking about my um, other, you know, comorbid conditions. And so mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't think of even going to a doctor if I... Um, yeah, just get the one-stop shop right there. Yeah, I mean, you, you've got you've got everything there. And so yeah. I know, that would be an interesting study, and you wonder um, why they haven't figured that out uh, yeah. as, as an investment to promote uh, basic dental care is like good basic primary care. Uh, For the, sure. The more we can do that, the more we can keep people out of the hospital, keep them out of those expensive procedures. And mm-hmm. the math, I think, would just be overwhelming. But um, oh, I'm yeah. sure somebody somewhere has studied that. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things that goes along with like, um, you know, we're kind of in that high impact health where, you know, the patients that I see, we're diverting them again from having those traumatic events, you know, where we can hopefully catch things early for them mm-hmm. um, and then maintain those comorbidities like we were talking about um, and getting them to the appropriate care. Because I think it's just once once the patient knows that something's going on, then they're much more likely there's patients out there that won't follow up and that are, you know irresponsible but there's a lot of them that just didn't know and then when they find that knowledge and then we can point them in the right direction it's you know and then hey i'm on new medication now i'm doing great doc and you know we can continue with the procedures and what we're doing i imagine there's there's a fair amount of denial uh, out there i mean oh yeah human tendency to kind of put your head in the sand and and ignore that issue Mm -hmm. so um let's pivot real quickly and i meant to start here but we got off on another conversation you personally. So what yeah. do you like to do for fun? What, um, oh, man. tell us so, about you, you personally. Yeah. So if, you know, I liked, I love to go on the lake down in hot springs. We were just there this past 4th of July weekend. It oh, was, cool. uh, yeah, it was hot, but it was great. Um, crowded, I bet. Yeah. yeah, it was a little crowded. We watched the, the fireworks Sunday night. That was awesome over there. Um, I've got a daughter who is 15 months old now and she was wow. on the, yeah, we were on the paddle board with her sitting down and it was, it was wonderful. Congratulations. Yeah. Parenthood will change a man. It's yes. yeah, it's it's wonderful though. I I want to say like it's yeah. it was a, it's been a great great um, experience. I love being a father. Um, yeah. 
And, um, you know, she's just, you, you have those days. I know you've got children of your own. Yes. And you, have, have yeah. the, you have those days where you're just like, oh, and then you go home and then you see them and you're like, oh, everything's better. Yeah. Cause it's like, <laughs> and you know, cause yeah. they just see you and smile and da da. And I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. So, um, but fun. I, I'm actually a, uh, I have a video gamer. I, um, are you really? Yeah. So back in the day I grew up on like the super Nintendo played uh-huh. super Mario uh-huh. and I've still kind of kept with it. And, um, my wife's going to kill me for this. I, her and I play, it's a game called overwatch. And, um, so we'll, you know, we'll play that from time to time again. And, um, that's like a, a role playing game where yeah, you're, so it's a, it's a team based game okay. and you, yeah, it's kind of like a, you know, you see those first person shooter games. Well, this uh-huh. one has like the first person shooter aspect, but also the support. There's a healing, a support character. Okay. And that's where we kind of like attend to go. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm in healthcare. Like I'm a support. <laughs> and so we, we heal the team and support them and to victory. And oh, awesome. um, yeah, it's a great, it's a, yeah. it's a great time to relieve some stress with uh, yeah. some video games. Yeah. And I, I tell my wife, I'm like, it's hand eye coordination. Like this is, it just strengthens it every day. You know, I mean, like, come on. Yeah. yeah it's, it's great. Yeah. So um, if it's not the lakes or the video games and, um, listen to music and really yeah. a lot of, I like trying to hone in on family time for yeah. sure. Yeah. I, I have four boys and pretty much all of them have gone through various stages of video gaming and, oh, yeah. um, uh, did they, they get on the Fortnite trend? Uh, yes. <laughs> huge, huge. And my 15 year old, I forget what game it is. Um, but he's always upstairs and it's, it's funny cause you know, in some respects as a parent, you think of that and like, why isn't he outside you know, oh, yeah. playing with his friends and the social interaction. He's doing more social interacting up there, uh, gaming with oh, his buddies man. who are, some are in Texas, some mm-hmm. are here in Arkansas, even one or two may even be in Florida where we live before. Yeah. Um, you know, he is, he is talking to kids all over the world. Yeah. And um, I mean, having the time of his life because he's got headphones on like we do now. Yeah. And he has no, <laughs> no idea how loud he is. <laughs> I know. Right. And that, that online gaming has been, it has just taken off. I mean, you saw the big boom and when COVID happened, I mean, everyone yeah. was on, you know, like, well, we're at home, what to do. And everyone was like buying, you know, the Xboxes and the playstations out there. And it is, it is, it's a crazy, it's not like it was back in the day when I was on there. It was just, you know, we played couch, couch co-op is what we called yeah. it. You know, we're on there. Someone's Mario, someone's Luigi. And now it's like, you get online and you don't know who you're playing and you know, it's all over the place. And yeah, the social interaction is endless. It's, so. it's wild. It I, is. I told Dr. Javid this story. She's an endocrinologist. I don't know okay. if you had a chance to meet her or not, but she loves video games as well. Awesome. And, um, my wife actually, before she was my wife, uh, her first Christmas present to me was a Nintendo. Uh, I forget. It was like the second version that came out. And, um, so, uh, she gave me this Christmas present, and then her family, she and her family went out of town uh-huh. to go visit family in far west Texas, and so I was house-sitting for them, and I was working in this job at this grocery warehouse. It was just very manual labor, sweaty, dirty, nasty, and for a solid week, I would come home, and I got into Madden football and okay, a couple yeah. of other games on the N- Nintendo and would go to bed and get up the next morning, go to work and come home. And I would work like, you know, 10, 12 hours and yeah. it was really brutal. And anyway, the whole point is like for a solid week, I didn't bathe. I was so fixated <laughs> on this game. <laughs> like I didn't eat, oh I didn't sleep. And I was yeah. like, I, I can't do this. Just this is the, like, yeah. this is too much. Yeah. I'm, uh, Intervention. I, I, I have no like, self-control. <laughs> what have I done? Right. You know? yes, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know it's always funny when my wife she she got me a new headset a couple years ago and and then I couldn't hear and then she was like oh no like I've what have I done like I've opened up the can of worms you uh-huh. know so that's always fun when they when they regret the the uh, the presents they give you uh, right uh, right right yeah. yeah yeah that's so true yeah well Dr Jones thank you so much for joining me today this is a, a great visit thank you for the course, work thank you, you. Um, yeah. it is it is one thing as a health system to want to say yes this is this is a an endeavor we want to get behind, but you got to have people who have a heart for it. Uh, clearly, clearly like you do, uh, like your staff does. We didn't yeah. mention you have dental hygienists and mm-hmm. others that, that are right there with you. Um, who, um, who are right there from a, from a calling perspective and, and pursuit mm-hmm. of calling. So it's great to come alongside you, support you in this endeavor and, and really make a real impact in our community. So thank you for your time today. Awesome. Thanks it, for having me. Yeah, you bet. Enjoyed, uh, learning uh, more about our, uh, Conway regional interfaith clinic. And uh, y'all tune in next time for our next edition of our One Team, One Promise podcast. Mm